Welcome to the Code Karate AI podcast, where we highlight recent news and tools in the world of artificial intelligence. Don't worry about adjusting your speaker. You are correct that the voice you are hearing today is different. I'm an AI clone of Shane Thomas's voice, and I'll be your host going forward. But enough about me, let's get to the show. Today, we delve into the deeply complex relationship between AI, creativity, and the workforce within the film and television industry, examining the pressing issues that are unfolding at the intersection of these domains. Recently, Fable Studios made headlines when it publicized a paper on generative TV and showrunner agents, a groundbreaking development in the field of AI. They showcased an AI that could write, animate, direct, voice, edit an entire TV show, demonstrated through a fully synthesized South Park episode. While the technology is undeniably remarkable, capable of crafting a narrative with a beginning, middle, and end, complete with distinct characters and even artificial celebrity cameos, it has also sparked considerable controversy. The ethical implications of such AI applications are especially striking given the ongoing Hollywood strike, where countless creatives are picketing against the potential misuse of AI in their industry. A common fear among writers, directors, editors, and effects workers is that AI, if used irresponsibly, could serve as a cost-cutting tool for executives, replacing human creativity and livelihoods with cold, self-perpetuating algorithms. This is a pivotal moment for television, a transformative phase that could have profound ramifications for the industry. However, Edward Saatchi, CEO of Fable Studios, defends the technology, arguing that its demonstration is in fact beneficial for the labor side of the strike. According to Saatchi, the release of this research amid the biggest strike in six decades may empower Hollywood guilds to negotiate strong protections against the misuse of AI without artists' consent. Fable Studios, a spin-off from Facebook's Oculus, had its genesis in VR films, and now seems to be gravitating toward AI. Their ultimate aim? To achieve artificial general intelligence, AGI, with simulated characters living and growing in virtual realities over time. In line with this ambition, they plan to release a product later this year, Simulation, inspired by Stanford's wholesome AI town. This agent-based approach to creating and documenting events for media is part of their larger vision. Intriguingly, even the founding team of Simulation is entirely artificial, from their AI-generated portraits to their invented company history, hinting at the potential scope of AI application in creative media. Despite the controversy, Saatchi insists that AI could provide a platform for creative individuals to produce more unique, individualistic content, in contrast to the standardized output of large studios. However, his team's ambitions extend beyond transforming Hollywood. Their eyes are set on achieving AGI. In conclusion, Fable's contributions have certainly stirred the waters in an already tumultuous industry. Whether it will trigger a transformative change in Hollywood, or serve as a stark warning of AI's power and potential dangers, remains to be seen. In the intersection of AI and the creative industry, we witness the unfolding of a captivating drama, one that could shape the face of entertainment for years to come. An AI term you should know about. Today, we are focusing on a technique known as feature hashing, or the hashing trick, a method for vectorizing features that is both space-efficient and speedy. The beauty of this method lies in its simplicity. It utilizes a hash function, applying it to features and using the resulting hash values as indices directly, bypassing the need for lookup in an associative array. 
You may think that this concept is relatively new, but its origins trace back to John Moody in 1989, long before Weinberger and his team in 2009 brought it into the limelight. To illustrate the motivation behind feature hashing, consider a document classification task. The machine learning algorithm typically ingests free text, transforming it into a bag of words representation, where individual tokens are extracted and counted. Each unique token defines a feature of the document in both the training and test sets. The challenge lies in the fact that machine learning algorithms function on numerical vectors. Therefore, the bag of words for a group of documents is represented as a term document matrix, with each row being a document and each column a word. Each cell in the matrix then captures the frequency or weight of a term in a document. This results in extremely sparse vectors, courtesy of Zipf's law. The problem with this traditional approach is the potentially huge storage space required for these dictionaries, which increase in size as the training set grows. If the vocabulary is fixed and doesn't grow with the training set, there may be issues of new words or misspellings circumventing machine-learned filters. As a solution, Yahoo! Research once attempted to utilize feature hashing for their spam filters. The wonder of the hashing trick is its wide applicability. Its use isn't limited to text classification, but extends to any problem dealing with large or potentially unbounded sets of features. Delving deeper into the mathematical motivation, tokens must be mapped to real vectors for most neural networks to operate. And here's where feature hashing shines. A good hashing function can provide a quick and efficient injection, leading us naturally to the concept of feature hashing. The algorithm itself is quite straightforward. It begins by specifying two hash functions, one that defines the place or index in the vector, and another that defines the sign of the value in that index. When used in combination, these two hash functions form the basis of the feature hashing algorithm. The benefit of using these two hash functions together is that they ensure feature hashing is an isometry on average. Essentially, this means that the method of feature hashing does not distort the relative distances between points, but all is not perfect in the world of feature hashing. It can suffer from hash collisions, where different tokens end up with the same hash. This can degrade the performance of the machine learning model, as it struggles to distinguish between the tokens. One workaround is to train supervised hashing functions that avoid mapping common tokens to the same feature vectors. Despite these challenges, feature hashing has proven effective in text classification tasks. It shows little to no adverse effect on classification performance, even when using random hash functions with numerous columns in the output vectors. It has also found applications in multitask learning, such as spam filtering. In conclusion, feature hashing is an effective way of handling the vectorization of features in machine learning. It combines speed, efficiency, and practicality to overcome significant challenges in machine learning tasks, proving to be a vital tool in the world of artificial intelligence. AI tool of the day. A few episodes ago, we speculated that Meta might commercialize Llama. Well, today is a follow-up. Let's dive into the intriguing tale of Llama 2, Meta's latest AI creation, and its ambitious vision for revolutionizing our chatbot experiences. Let's begin with a brief history. You may recall the first Llama AI model, a collection of systems that had the ability to generate text and code in response to prompts. Due to concerns about misuse, it was initially kept behind closed doors, only available on request. However, it inevitably found its way into the wild, spurring conversation across AI communities worldwide. But now, 
we have Llama 2, the successor to the original Llama. Unlike its predecessor, Llama 2 is now free for research and commercial use. It's also more accessible, thanks to being pre-trained and available for fine-tuning on platforms such as AWS, Azure, and Hugging Face's AI model hosting platform. The cherry on top? It's optimized for both Windows, thanks to an expanded partnership with Microsoft, and devices equipped with Qualcomm's Snapdragon system on chip. Now you may wonder, how does Llama 2 differ from the original Llama? Well, Meta, in a comprehensive white paper, has outlined several key enhancements. Llama 2 comes in two distinct variations, the standard Llama 2 and Llama 2 chat, the latter being fine-tuned specifically for two-way conversations. Each of these is further divided into versions of varying sophistication, with parameter sizes ranging from 7 billion to a staggering 70 billion. For context, parameters are the parts of a model learned from training data, essentially defining the skill of the model on a problem. In this case, generating text. Moreover, Llama 2 was trained on an astounding 2 trillion tokens, nearly twice as many as the original Llama, signaling a potentially more refined model. The training data, while predominantly from the web and English-based, remains somewhat shrouded in mystery, likely due to both competitive and legal reasons. The question of intellectual property rights in AI training data has stirred up quite a storm recently, prompting calls from authors for compensation when their writings are used in training AI models. Performance-wise, Llama 2 doesn't quite outshine its high-profile competitors, GPT-4 and Palm 2, particularly in computer programming. However, Meta assures us that Llama 2 performs on par with ChatGPT in terms of helpfulness, answering evenly across a set of approximately 4,000 prompts designed to probe this metric. Of course, it's worth taking these results with a grain of skepticism. Meta themselves concede that their tests might not cover every possible scenario and the benchmarks may lack diversity in certain areas such as coding and human reasoning. It's also important to note that, like all generative AI models, Llama 2 is not without its biases. For instance, it's prone to using male pronouns more frequently than female ones, reflecting biases in the training data. Additionally, it exhibits a Western skew, illustrated by the overuse of words like Christian, Catholic, and Jewish. Llama 2 chat, the conversational version of the model, performs slightly better than Llama 2 on helpfulness and toxicity benchmarks, but errs on the side of caution, often declining certain requests or responding with excessive safety details. Despite these challenges, Meta is committed to ensuring safety in its AI models. In collaboration with Microsoft, they are utilizing Azure AI content safety to detect and reduce inappropriate content generated by Llama 2. Furthermore, they underscore that all users must adhere to their license terms and safe deployment guidelines. In conclusion, as Meta notes, we believe that openly sharing today's large language models will support the development of helpful and safer generative AI too. We look forward to seeing what the world builds with Llama 2. As we step into this exciting new era of AI technology, one thing is certain. With the internet's rapid evolution, we won't have to wait long to see how Llama 2 will shape our digital world. Thanks for listening to the Code Karate AI podcast. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter at CodeKarate.com and follow us on Twitter at Code Karate for more AI content. Until next time.